This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issues, living your best sex life. Having the best sex of your life, baby. Get naked with somebody we kind of know. Exactly. And that's, that's what drives me crazy is people are like, I can't talk to that person. I'm like, so you can have sex with them, but you can't talk to them. That's a big problem. So I like to, I, I always recommend having sex with the lights on at least the first couple of times. So you can actually like look at who you're having sex with. They feel like having sex in the dark definitely brings a different kind of intimacy because your True. other senses are heightened. But when you have sex with the lights on, you're really accepting of each other. You're really looking and, and being very vulnerable in that moment. Both people are committing to being vulnerable to just accepting each other the way that you are. So I, I always recommend that. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, everybody. We're going to talk about one of our favorite topics on Advice for Life with Lynn, and that's sex. Some of my highest rated podcasts have to do with, as my granny used to call it, S-E-X. Um, this is not a show for kids, a little disclaimer. This is, this is adult content. And we're talking about sex that's consensual. Nobody gets hurt. Okay? between two consenting adults, or just with one adult. No matter where you are in your life, whether you're having it or you're not having it, sex is a vital part of human life. Of course, it's meant to make humans and, of course, bring us intimacy and pleasure. Now, for me, I've been in long-term relationships, (laughs) fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know, for most of my adult life. So, that's my background. So when I entered the dating world nearly two years ago, I had a lot to learn. It's a whole different ball game. But one thing I knew for sure, I had to have chemistry with whomever I met. So I want to tell you about the first date I had with my boyfriend. And if I told you guys the story before, for those of you who've heard it, just like, you know, just bear with me. But um, remember, I had just entered the dating pool after many years of lockdown, so I didn't know what I was doing, but I did know that I needed to have it between me and whoever I was spending time with. So really quick story. So, so I meet this guy, whatever, and we're talking for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And I'm like, he's tapping me on my knee. And I'm like, oh, I think he likes me. And I was like attracted to him. Like as he kept talking, I was attracted, like sexually attracted, like that thing, that spark, right? But he was talking so long. We were talking so much. And I was like, oh my God, I got this. We we have to kiss. Like this night is dragging on. It's almost one in the morning. I'm super tired. So I was like a guy. So I... (laughs) I was planning like where we're going to do it. So we were at this hotel and in this bar and it was closing up. And I said, oh, you know, you want to go outside, you know, look at the stars. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So he follows me or we, you know, we go out together and we sit down and I'm like, oh, this is great. There's nobody around. There's no partner. There's not one person by the pool area. I'm like, this is great. This is where it's going to happen. So we sit down. And he's such a gentleman. You know, it's not a hoe bag. So he's talking more and more talking. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is not making a move. Oh my God. And I look super cute. I know he's kind of attracted to me. I'm kind of attracted to him. Actually, very, both both ends. So I just turned to him and I said, are you going to kiss me or what? 
And he's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it was the funniest thing because he was shocked and his mouth was dry and we had no water. And I was like, and he's making excuses like my mouth is dry. I have no water. And I'm like, I can't wait for this. Show. I got it. So I, I went in, I went in for the kiss and I put my, you know, arm around or his hand. I think my hand around his face, whatever. I kept my hands neck up and it was <laughs> passionate and his hands were all over the place. I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to keep my hands above the neck. But okay, this is cool. And it was so fabulous and intense. And then I was like, okay, well, we're done. I have to go home. <laughs> we're done. And checkmate. You know, you check off. Like, I knew I needed to take a first spin. And we have had so much passion and chemistry ever since then. It just built up. So that's one thing I did do right. And I highly recommend that to everybody. you got to have that. Mm, right? We're going to get the expert opinion. But anyway, today we're going to talk with a licensed sex therapist on how we can have the best sex we've ever had, how to hone in on your confidence, how to allow yourself to be vulnerable and speak your needs. Ladies, no matter what age we are, what experience we have, if we have a partner or not, doesn't matter. We're going to get her top tips on pleasure and on intimacy. Time for Lynn's Confessions. Top three things on my mind today. Number one, I've learned the number one thing for me to better sex is to relax and to be in the moment. Plenty of times when my grocery list would creep into my mind, <laughs> and I'm like, that, the ceiling needs paint. That's so unattractive. That That is the biggest buzzkill ever. Uh, and that probably comes from not vocalizing to my partner what I need and what I want. I learned to change that. Be in the moment. Don't think about anything else other than yourself and your partner. Number two thing on my mind, I'm a huge fan of lingerie. I secretly don't buy it for my partner. I buy it to turn myself on and it works. I'm like, I look cute. All right. Number three, I'm thinking of going back to eyelash extensions. They're so convenient because you know, you wake up and the minute you wake up, you look alert, but there's such a commitment, right? That's nothing to do with sex, but that's on my mind. Background check. The background on today's guest, Jennifer Smith is a sex therapist and sex expert on Hot Talk on Hot 105.1 Radio. She conducts all kinds of workshops, all kinds of conferences to help people like a couple's intimacy and foreplay workshop. I want to take that. And classes on how to do your best when it comes to oral sex. Now, I wanted to do a whole podcast on that, but we're going to start with baby steps first. (laughs) Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really excited about talking about this. I hope so. You're a sex therapist. I know, but I talk about sex all the time and yeah. all different types of ways. So I'm, you know, I'm always excited to get back to like a beginner's level of finding out what other people's thoughts and questions are. Excellent. Yeah. We are beginners here on Advice for Life. Uh, oh, we've we're never starting had, with virgins? We've, we are virgins because oh. we've never had a sex therapist on the show. That's awesome. Excellent. So uh, my first question is, it's, I've always wondered... And this, I don't know if this will help you guys listening. What made you decide to become a sex therapist? What drove you? Well, sex therapy found me. I didn't seek it. Uh, I used to actually do a sex talk radio show in college. I was a communications major and the show that I was on was all about sex. And I, at first, didn't want to be on the show, but then I ended up growing the, con- loving the content. I grew to love talking to my classmates and the people on campus about sex, love and relationships. And so I ended up doing that for four years. And then 
I graduated and decided that I wanted to be a therapist. And I loved sex therapy because it was universal. Sex is something universal. We all got here because somebody had sex and most people want to procreate or have an orgasm. So it, it didn't have any um, limitations. And that's what I really like about sex. You must be good at your topic, <laughs> helping people, right? If it's coming to you, you're like, it found me. What is the main reason people are not having better sex? They're not communicating it. They're not communicating it to their partner, nor are they even communicating with themselves about what they like, what they don't like, what are maybe some past baggage or emotional trauma they're still carrying with them that they haven't processed or haven't talked about with their current partners, which is really important. If you want your needs met, you have to, one, know what they are for yourself and then know how to communicate them to your partner. Why do we have such a hard time communicating what we want? Because most people don't, they're not taught to be, to communicate. Most women are not taught in the classroom or even at home that you could communicate your needs to your partner. They teach you all about anatomy and about safe sex, but there's no real conversation about the conversation that needs to had when it comes to being intimate. Well, and look at, I hate to use that word society, it's such a blanket mm -hmm. word, but we as women in society look at all, you know, media online or television or, or film, books, we are trained at a young age to yes. be sensual and sexual, but we're not trained to vocalize what we need and want and to allow ourselves to have pleasure. Do right. you feel that that's the case? I do. I do. I mean, you have to look at the magazines and the advertisements and, and now with social media, it's probably worse than ever where women are just sexualized all the time. There's, there's not... There's really no other side that you get to see, which is unfortunate because women are now forcing themselves to become this societal picture of what they think sexy looks like. So how can we change that? How can we train ourselves to open up our mouth and say, I like that. This feels good. Please do this to me. How can we change? We have to be listening to our own needs and be willing to actually touch our bodies and look at them and accept who we are in that, that I do feel sexual or maybe I don't, or I do like when you touch me there. Maybe I don't, you have to really be in tuned with yourself. And I find that self-esteem is a huge part of that. And I find that when people don't have good self-esteem, they're usually not that great as lovers. So it's really important to be in tuned with who you are. Are you suggesting you say touch yourself masturbation? Yes. Very big fan of masturbation. Um, because one, that is one way for you to get in touch with yourself and know what your needs are or where you like to be touched or how you get off. And that's easier to explain to your partner is what you do for yourself and how they can now be a part of that. Um, also, masturbation increases your happiness, makes your skin look better. People walk around smiling more. Uh, the endorphins are up. And it's been known to be actually decrease like anxiety and depression. So I'm, I'm always an advocate for masturbation. How do you train, especially women of a certain age, that that's okay? I mean, you just listed a bunch of things that are great. But yeah. like, is there anything else you tell them that you know, this is normal, you're, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not a bad person, <laughs> you're supposed to touch yourself, you know, cause back in the day mm -hmm. it was Johnny, you're going to go blind. And nobody says anymore. <laughs> I hope not, but you know what I mean? You know, but it was always for boys. They never said anything to girls about not masturbating for sure. I don't know if it wasn't relevant or they just didn't think that that was something they could say or even acknowledge, but it was always about the boys. 
Um, but I do find that I have to decon- deconstruct what people's thoughts are around masturbation, especially since moving to Miami, um, because different cultures do not even pro- talk about it, don't promote it. So I really um, find that I have to explain why masturbation is beneficial, not only for that person, but also for your health. How often should we be having sex? Well, should is a strong word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one to two times a week is pretty healthy for the average person. I, I think it's pretty doable because either if you're single or you're in a relationship, you, you can make time usually to have sex once once or twice a week. And what if you don't have a partner? You what do you say to those people? Masturbate. You can masturbate as much as you want. You don't have to wait for seconds. <laughs> You can just, you can, you can, I mean, you teach yourself how to have orgasms and you work your body out. And so, yeah, masturbation is great. It's, you can make it as convenient as you need to. You can do it in the shower when you're getting ready for work. Uh, This is such a bride. I was like, let me visualize that. Yeah, I guess so. You know, if you don't mind a big water bill, depending on, you know, how much, how much is what's going on in there. Right. That is true. Um, What's the difference between epping? Having sex and making love. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, to me, to me, there's a there's a difference in each category. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, th- I think, and I'm gonna answer them. I think in reverse. So, making love to me is about the is actually taking the time to actually be in tuned with your partner about what they like, what they're feeling in that moment, um, feeling the chemistry between you, and really striving to be a lover to your partner in that moment. Um, and making the commitment to actually get your, your apartment to climax. That's, I think that's really important when making love. Um, having sex, I, I would look at it as you're really just going through with the act of pleasing each other. It doesn't have to be something that is super formal commitment. It could be something that's, you know, casual. Um, but it's something to just get a release, uh, an, an orgasm. And not everybody at that point will be interested in getting their partner off, but maybe more so just themselves. Um, and effing, I would say, is just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, just, they want to be able to get theirs and go on about their day. It's not so much about the other person. No, no. I feel like it's very one-sided. Sounds very selfish. Are all three healthy or is, is one I think it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Some people are good at just effing or just having sex. And some people are much better lovers of of just making love to their partner. I think it depends on what your situation is. Some people can't handle uh, casual relationships, casual sexual relationships. So you have to know what you're prepared for before opening yourself up physically and emotionally to somebody. Is it possible to have a lot of sex with somebody and not have an emotional bond or intimacy? (laughs) <laughs> uh, is this a personal or professional question? <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't know how it is, but I mean, you're the expert. I don't know how you could, how that would be possible. Yes. Um, I would say for most people, it's probably dangerous territory. I, I don't rec- recommend it. I think you always have to be communicating again about what is the intention here? What is the purpose? Mm-hmm. If this is the purpose, then how long is this going to last? Like booty calls. Yeah, you, know? you have to have mm-hmm. some conversations about it. It's nothing that just really goes unspoken because those things usually never end up very well. So I always recommend people having communication and the expectations of what the arrangement is that they're having. 
So speaking of that, what what are what is the effect of having a one night stand, positive or negative? Uh, oof. I think it, again, it depends on the person. Some people are okay with having a one night stand, and some people have it and then they regret it. Um, I think that you again, you have to be clear with what your intention is. If this is just a one one time thing, then be prepared to get up and leave afterwards. There's no lingering. There's no hanging out. There's no breakfast in the morning. No. Cuddling. (laughs) (laughs) No. You have to be prepared Mm. of, we're both here for sexual pleasure and then that's it. Almost like prostitution without the exchange of money. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. So what are the differences between men and women's needs? Gay or straight? Doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> Women need it all. We need to be stimulated mentally, emotionally, and physically. Amen. And men are usually just physical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we need to be stimulated in other ways. Like, we could still, you know, not give you sex, even if we want to, just because you didn't put the toilet paper back on the toilet paper holder. You know, like. Because emotionally, <laughs> it's bothering us. <laughs> right. and it's affecting our hoo ha. Exactly, right. exactly. You didn't put the groceries away. I could still be mad at you later. And even though I want to have sex, I won't have it with you because I'm pissed about what you did. And it's not because we want revenge, <laughs> it's because there's a block. Exactly. We're feeling something. Exactly. And men just do not have that. They just don't have that filter. They're like, my brain says I want to have sex, and so does my penis. And so that's what needs to happen. They Nothing could block them. They could be really mad at you, but still be able to follow must through. It must be nice to be a man. It's so simple. <sighs> it's right? really convenient. Everything is simple. The anatomy is simple. <laughs> the brain is simple. Dear God. So let's go back to, because this is about how to have better sex. <laughs> yes. Right? So let's go back to your original statement that um, communication yes. is the number one problem. Mm-hmm. So... What do you teach your clients on how to communicate? How what are the, what are the tools you give them? Well, I really start with just simple sex education because I find that most adults lack sex education. So just talking about, you know, when was the last time you actually looked at yourself naked in the mirror? And most people haven't. What are you implying? That your partner's got to look at you, so... No, just accepting. Oh, you're you're, you're gotcha. accepting your own self and your body and your genitals, for that matter. Because so many people I meet are like... I, well, women, they don't want to look at their vaginas. They think they're ugly. That they, is so true. So they're very disconnected from it. And I've read that women feel like... And again, this is adult contact. <laughs> I was reading recently that women think, oh, it's so ugly. Yes. It looks like meat. And guys are like, oh, I think it's beautiful. Yes. Yes. So how do so you teach them to? That's a great tip. Stand naked. Right. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. I mean, it's your body. Accept it and and look at it. And you and know, no negative, no negative talk. Look at my love handle. Oh my ex- exactly, exactly. It's about self love is most important, and I think one of the most attractive qualities that people are drawn to in a partner. And so the self esteem plays a really big part. I, I did a workshop um, last year, and I asked a bunch of women just off the top of my head, how many women in here have sex with the lights off because they don't want their partner to see their body? More than half the women in the room raised their hand. I said, that's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. What is that that you're still not accepting about yourself? Your partner's fully aware of what your body feels like. It would be okay for him to look at it. You know, That's a great tip. What it's else really do you important. teach them? I teach them that you, you have the right to communicate your needs to your partner. It's okay to say that that doesn't feel good. They're not going to reject you because it's not feeling well. 
if they're a real dedicated partner, they would want you to feel comfortable. They want it to feel good. You want to be able to reach an orgasm. So you have to communicate that. Um, I always tell women, men are not mind readers. Stop saying that he should just know because he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Every partner is different, men and women. Every partner is different, and you have to teach the other person about what your sex style is how to make love to you, how to touch you, how to caress you. Where are, where are your points that you really want touched? What are your hard no's? You have to be able to communicate that. So I take them through like a lot of different parts of their body of what's comfortable, what's not, what's something that they did that did work in their past sexual relationships and what didn't. And then they kind of make a summary up of what they can explain to their partner without involving all the logistics. Give of, me an example of, of like what this, what that, I, it sounds like you give them a little script, which is helpful. Yeah, because most people do better with, with mm-hmm. the script. Yeah. Usually if they try to do it themselves, they come back and they're like, it was disastrous. Mm-hmm. Now they're not even talking to me. Um, so I would say, you know, if I would tell a client, like I have a client right now and, and she's wanting to have a better sexual relationship with a partner, but she had never told him that she was sexually abused. Mm. And so he wanted to participate in some BDSM uh, you know, play and explain what BDSM is. Uh, BDSM is, um, uh, floggers for spanking or whipping and some people Say it call is it. masochism. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and some people like to be restrained and, uh, or you could be a dominant or submissive. So I can understand why sh- that would bother her with right. her trauma in the past. Exactly. So she, was too afraid to communicate that she had been abused. And I asked why. And she said, the shame of it, afraid that her partner wouldn't be able to handle it or accept it. That's very common, really common. But she, but it was, she just never felt like that was appropriate because no one had ever told her that, Mm. that it was okay. And again, it goes back to communication in the relationship. So she actually just brought him in for a session where we were all able to talk about it of what was going on with her and that she might be open to some of the play that he'd like to do, but some of that she wouldn't because it would be a trigger. So we explained that to him of what it was. Um, How did he take it? He took it very well. He actually really wasn't that surprised about the abuse Mm. because of different ways that she reacted when he tried to do different things sexually. And just even putting her hands above her head and holding them, she would have a reaction. And so he knew, but he didn't feel comfortable either to saying, you know, was something else going on? Were you abused before? Or did you have a traumatic experience? He didn't feel comfortable either. Wow. And this communication that they had between each other because mm-hmm. of you is a form of intimacy. Yes. Yes. Mm. People think that intimacy is only physical. They forget about all the other ways you could be intimate. Okay, so communicate what you want. Mm-hmm. Look at your body. Mm-hmm. Use a- lubricant. Mm. Lubricant is your friend. No kidding. I I, I brought you some too. I'm gonna open it up. <laughs> she brought me a little bag, guys. I'll I'll open it up at the end. Yes. So lube. Lube is your friend for male and female, mm-hmm. gay or straight. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend people use lube either during uh, oral sex. Or, really? Yes. During oral? Yes. That's I, that's actually the kind that I brought you. I in my I teach a fellatio class, and I heard <laughs> in the class we use a wicked lubricant where uh, and it's vegan based, so it's actually thank God no animals were harmed. Exactly, <laughs> and it's also good for you to use during uh, oral sex, and it's safe for vaginal sex afterwards. Why would you need it during oral? Did you have enough? 
saliva or saliva uh, has, holds a lot of germs oh, and it's not always pardon me yes it holds a lot of germs not the best form of lubrication for hmm. uh, especially for women um in our vaginas because it oh. it breeds and it will create a yeast infection if our partner's mouth is not as clean as we'd hope so um and if there's a cut in your mouth his mouth or on your genitals it's just all types of bacteria right. gets okay. tossed back and forth. So lubricant is good. And it also just makes your hands glide a lot easier. Um, and it helps prevent lockjaw. It makes your mouth glide on there a lot better. So I always recommend lube for... How much work are you doing if you got lockjaw? <laughs> Dear God, I know. Some people go too long. I, my limit is 10 minutes. Cow. Don't go more than 10 minutes. You can give a great blowjob in 10 minutes. That's a workout. Yeah. Um, so I use, I always recommend lube for, for vaginal, which a lot of women don't want to use because they're like, I'm supposed to be flowing like a river. Exactly. And that's just not the case, especially for women that are in menopause. That's just not realistic. Um, or people that might be going through chemo, um, or radiation, you need extra, um, it's you know, okay to have some, some help. Lubricant. That's okay. okay. It makes things glide and makes it a lot more pleasurable for everybody. Um, and definitely during anal. You definitely want to use lubricant yeah. during anal. We don't want anyone getting hurt. That's a good tip. Yeah. Um, do you also recommend, like, do you guys talk about, you, you mentioned, you know, keep the lights on for a change. Yeah. Do you talk about mirrors or seeing yourself? Mm-hmm. Or like looking at yourself because I noticed. I mean, I come from. I was a Catholic girl, <laughs> Catholic school. Imagine the hangups I have to get rid of. I still, I'm still not totally cured. <laughs> the nuns are wrong. We're like, good girls don't do that. That's not true. So, but you know, you know, do you teach women about looking at yourself? Because when you peek, it's erotic. Yes, yes. When they're ready for that. Mm-hmm. So some people are not ready for that, uh, especially if you're not even looking in the mirror, just you. It might be a oh, little true. That's might be true. a little scary when you see yourself <laughs> having sex or giving a blowjob. It's it's a little intimidating. Um, but if that turns your partner on, looking or watching in the mirror, then be open to it. Just at least try it and see if that's something because that's pretty safe. Um, and it's you. It's your body. It's it's okay to look at it. And I always tell women it's great to have the lights on because I like to examine my partner's body. I want to look at it. I want to see it, especially if you're giving a blowjob. I'm analyzing every inch of that penis to make sure that there's no cuts. There's no warts. There's like, you know, nothing. I Shouldn't you know that ahead of time? I mean, you should, but people aren't communicating, oh, yeah. you know, their health. Because we're embarrassed? Yeah. Oh, isn't that crazy when you think about it? Yeah. Like just when you said penis, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm seven. <laughs> she said penis. But yet, you know, we're expected to get naked with somebody we kind of know. Exactly. And that's what, that's what drives me crazy is people are like, I can't talk to that person. I'm like, so you can have sex with them, but mm. you can't talk to them. That's a big problem. So I like to, I, I always recommend having sex with the lights on at least the first couple of times. So you can actually like look at who you're having sex with. They feel like. Having sex in the dark definitely brings a different kind of intimacy because your True. other senses are heightened. But when you have sex with the lights on, you're really accepting of each other. You're really looking and and being very vulnerable in that moment. Both people are committing to being vulnerable to just accepting each other the way that you are. So I, I always recommend that. What are your top five tips for better sex? Mm. Uh, use lubricant. Definitely mm-hmm. one. Be open to change 
what worked in your last relationship or last sexual partner is not going to work with the next person. So be open to change. Um, know what you want. Spend time exploring your own body. I think that's really, really important and key in knowing what you want out of your sexual relationship with your partner. If you know your own, your own needs, um, be open to going out and going to workshops or a conference or watching porn. Be open in that way of learning. Just because we got sex education doesn't mean we stop learning about sex now that we're adults. So what is the advantage? I can understand a a workshop, Mm -hmm. learn how to do something better. Because even though, you know, we may get to the finish line, oh, I had an (laughs) orgasm or so did he, you can do something, you can always do something better. Right. And I think that the workshops aren't always intended to do something better, but just to be more informed about something new I didn't know about or things change all the time with sex. And so we really like how we the Romans have been having sex. I mean, (laughs) what's different? But I mean, think about like even how far condoms have come or Mm -hmm. lubricant or even sex toys. Those are changing every week. I mean, there's so you can be informed about so many different things. So education doesn't stop. And so I'm always encouraging people to at least go to different things to learn more. And and if your partner's into something else, research it. Go and look at it. Go to a workshop where they're teaching BDSM or kink or a fetish or spanking or, or fellatio um, so that you are more updated about what's going on and what, how you can if, apply that. And even if you're not into toys, fetish, right. you know, it's just your basic thing. What would a workshop, how could a workshop benefit you or your partner? Uh, because you're just able to incorporate, you're just gathering more tools for your toolbox when it comes to your, mm-hmm. your next relationship. I am a huge fan. Like you were talking about, you, you like lingerie. I love lingerie. And for years I've been just buying lingerie and I'm like, I'm saving all this for when I get married at some point. Like I'm just going to keep it all stored up because when he, when he gets here, I'm going to know you're ready. <laughs> Be ready to walk away on the lunch tray. I time. should hope so. You're a sex therapist. <laughs> I expect explosions every day. Oh well, I, I would think so too, but that's not the way it always. Well, happens. you're also a human. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about. You mentioned you know one of your top tips was you know be open to watching porn. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's my first judgment on that. There's positive and negative. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Right. Um. You know, there's a negative connotation in some communities about it, mm-hmm. um, sexualizing women and whatever. Um, but it's it can also be a good thing. Tell me about that. I think some of the 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 cons. Let me start with the cons. Is that people try to automatically um, recreate what they're doing in the video. You're not a porn star, people. You're not a porn star. Two, those things are very edited. <laughs> Right. They do a lot of different takes. Oh, baby, that's it right there. Where's my script? Right. And let me tell you, as soon as they hit cut, they're like back to eating Mm -hmm. a sandwich and talking on the phone. So it's not what you think. These people are actors and are getting paid to do these things. So don't try to recreate. You're not an expert. You're not a porn star. Um, But what I think is one of the pros is you get to see some of the different angles or positions that is new that you could do. You're like, you know what? I like the way that she sits on top of his penis. And I I really would like to try that, you know, give you an idea of different things to try. Exactly. Or, um, just about, I'm really big on like body shapes during sex. I, if, if we're having sex in the mirror for, for instance, and I might watch a porn about like 
the way the woman's body was angled in there. And I'm like, I like that. I think that looks sexy. I'd like to make sure I commit to doing that position when we're having sex. You know, like there's different things to look at. And I think that also looking at other penises and vaginas get you comfortable with looking at your own. That is true. You're desensitizing yourself a bit. Right. You're not so freaked out and you look at yourself. Oh my God, do I look like that? Right. And Uh, there's all different types of porn. You don't have to watch the most raunchiest kind. There's very subtle soft porn that you could watch or you can find anything that you're interested in. They literally have everything. So to review, what is your best advice for life on how to have the best sex of your life? In a sentence. The how to have the best sex of your life is knowing how to have the best sex of your life with yourself first and then be able to please your partner and communicate and communicate. Yeah. I like this. Do it there. That's right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to say those things. And if you don't have a partner that's receptive, then that's not the right partner. Amen. Mm -hmm. It can't just be one-sided. No, no, it's not. That's why it's called a lover. It's supposed to be on Mm. both sides. Mm. That is true. Thank you so much, Jen. If you want to get in contact with Jennifer Smith, you can find her on her Instagram page at Sex Therapist Jen. She's also on Facebook. Yes, under Jennifer Smith. And you can also um, email me at sextherapistjen at gmail.com. And we can also hear you on the on the radio. Yes, on Sunday nights on Hot Talk with Jill Tracy on Hot 105.1 FM. Man, I'm getting turned on. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on adviceforlifewithlynn.com. I care about what's on your mind. I love your questions. And when you go to my website, you'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways they can help the Advice for Life followers. So reach out if you have something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. Tell me how I'm doing, what you want to hear about. The links are also in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. And your shares and your subscribes and your reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and help us reach a lot more people. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.